Welcome, and thank you for joining the executive talks of our quantum AI series. We feature the global innovators shaping the future of quantum computing. Today we meet Steve Brearley, CEO of Riverlane. He's also an expert advisor to the UK government. Steve, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, nice to meet you. Did I pronounce your last name correctly? Uh, actually, I don't mind. Lots of people say Brearley. Um, it's a, a name that comes from the northern part of England, um, and up there people say Briley. But yeah, what's the, correct, what's the correct way to say it? Um, my mum would say Briley, so that's probably the correct way. <laughs> Briley, thank you very much. Well, Steve and his team at Riverlane are building the common operating system for all quantum computers. He founded Riverlane in 2016 because of his passionate belief that quantum computers are capable of accelerating an era of human progress as significant as the industrial and digital revolutions. Steve has worked in quantum for 20 years. Again, thank you for joining me and huge congratulations on your many successes. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's been a, a great journey and happy to share some of the highlights with you. And uh, before we began our quantum discussion, I personally believe that mathematics is truly beautiful. Is math your first love? Because that I noticed that was your major um, for your PhD. Uh, yes, that's right. Um, I had a maths teacher when I was ooh, maybe 14, 15 years old, and uh, he really inspired me to get into mathematics. Um, I remember there was a a puzzle we had to solve, a, a homework problem about um, the best shape for a, a tin, like a tin of canned food, um, and, and how you would try to minimize the amount of um, metal that you used in the can. And it turns out that the cans we have in the shops are, in fact, the perfect shape. And you can use mathematics to derive that and figure out um, what is the best shape. And, and so, yeah, I think maths as a tool uh, is, is, yeah, really uh, inspiring topic. Um, you can do many things with mathematics. And, um, yeah, I spent my undergraduate career in maths and then uh, did a PhD in um, physics and mathematics. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that. And before we transition to quantum, your bio mentions that you're an expert advisor to the UK government. Who do you advise and what is your responsibility in this capacity? Uh, yeah, so the UK government, uh, like many governments around the world, are trying to figure out how they can best nurture and create a quantum industry. Um, so at the UK level, this happens in a um, department called um, uh, called Bayes, and they formed an, an expert panel and asked people from the community to come and help them understand both the opportunity and the challenges around quantum computing um, from a UK perspective and an international perspective. Um, so it's been great to be involved in that, um, seeing uh, much of the work that's happening behind the scenes uh, at the government level is, is always really interesting. And how did you choose the name for your company? What is the significance of Riverlane? 
Ah, so this is simple. Um, I wanted a name for the company that didn't involve a Q or quantum anywhere. Um, I wanted us to be known uh, for what we do. Um, and so I live on River Lane in Cambridge. Uh, it's a, a beautiful street just by the river. And the company was founded in, in my kitchen and sort of this felt like the right place to start. It's a very uh, friendly company. Um, we're, we're, we feel very much part of the Cambridge ecosystem. Uh, and so just fitted well. Um, there were lots of alternatives. It's a tough, it's a tough decision, a company name, but it's, um, yeah, it's, it's fed very well over the years. Is this your first company? What did you do before founding Riverly? Uh, it is, yes. So I worked uh, in uh, in academic setting um, and at UK intelligence for many years um, on quantum algorithms. So that means um, trying to figure out what we could do with a quantum computer uh, once one has been built. Um, and at the time, you know, this was a um, somewhat theoretical topic. Um, so 10, 15 years ago, lots of people were trying to understand you know, where the power of quantum computing could best be applied. Um, and actually, I founded River Lane um, because I was at a conference. Um, so uh, there was a big conference on, on quantum algorithms. I was giving a talk on some recent work that I'd done. And there was a, about halfway through the conference, there was this straw poll of who thought they would be a quantum computer in the next you know, five, 10, 15 years, trying to figure out like, what does the audience think of how feasible is, is this? And what struck me was that about a third of the audience voted that there would never be a quantum computer, that actually this was so hard, it, would, it was an impossible challenge. And so here I was kind of developing an algorithm for a computer that might never exist. And this was a bit existential. I needed to figure this out. And that's when I started talking to a meeting with lots of the um, physicists that are building small scale quantum computers. So building uh, the basic building blocks, the, the qubits. Um, and, and realized, I mean, this is five years ago, that there was a huge amount of progress that had happened over the last 15 years, that roughly uh, every 12 to 18 months, the, the basic qubits were getting twice as good. There was some kind of Moore's law type scaling happening in, in the quantum hardware. And if this trend continued, then there would be a need for uh, solving error correction, uh, quantum error correction, which is the process by which you take um, these basic qubits and turn them into a computer. Uh, and that would happen on the time scale of you know, five to 10 years. Right? And so not only was the time frame much more, uh, much, much sooner, but there was actually a really big technical challenge that needed to be addressed in order to bring that time frame forward. And, and so that's why I founded Riverlane um, uh, in order to do that. On your website, there's a note stating that you're the world's first quantum engineering company. How do you define quantum engineering? Yeah, that's a, um, yeah, great point. So we, um, I think of engineering as, um, as, a, as a mindset right? and as a way of thinking about um, scale. 
Um, so things that work at a small scale um, uh, often break when you try to scale them up, right? You might have a component which you know, fails every now and again, and that's fine if you're doing a small experiment. But when you scale that up to millions of, of qubits, then those faulty components become a key problem. And so that transition from um, proof of principle to scale is really engineering. And so we like to think of ourselves as an engineering company. Um, and, it, and it's really that sort of principle and, and mindset that, uh, that we have. So lots of the company um, is, is not just quantum scientists. So not just people who are great at, um, at quantum computing, who understand quantum error correction, but also people who have solved these sorts of engineering problems before in another context. Um, so for example, our VP of engineering, Marco Gibaldi, um, built Trigger One at CERN or the, the upgrade to trigger one. So that's the, um, the, the first detection system uh, in, in, in one of the um, uh, CERN experiments. Um, so that sort of level of engineering is the kind of engineering that we need in, in quantum computing. Now, Riverlane is inventing the common operating system for all quantum computers. So what is the addressable market size for your company? Uh, yes, yeah, so, I mean, we are addressing one of the central problems in quantum computing. Uh, we partner with uh, hardware companies that are building and developing the qubits. Um, so, uh, you know, the, the potential of the company is that we um, supply the entire quantum computing uh, ecosystem. Uh, and so the reason we're able to do that is that a lot of the, sh the problems are common across the different uh, hardware types. And so we can spread the, the cost of development of, of this uh, operating system. So what's your current share of the market? Uh, so we work at the minute with a third of the world's hardware companies. That's quite impressive. Uh, yes, thank you. Yeah, I mean, super proud of the team. Um, it's largely a result of uh, the great work that, that that we've been doing. I think we have a significant uh, advantage that we can uh, bring to to hardware companies. It, our OS allows them to move a lot faster, and so they are seeing that as a as a great advantage for them. Um, and, and so that's really, you know, I think the what we're building is is in many ways a, a tool, and we are helping the the uh, the hardware developers. Um, move a lot faster. Uh, and, and so I think that's where we're getting the, the significant traction from. In preparing for this interview, I came across a video where you explained that you leverage the principles of systems engineering to build this OS. I personally believe that it's truly an elegant discipline for complex problem solving, but please share from your perspective why you chose to adopt systems engineering for your development process at Riverlane. Uh, yeah, thank you. So um, it's uh, because of the scale of the system that we're building. And uh, in addition, because um, once you have a fully operational quantum computer, it's very hard to know if something goes wrong, 
where it's gone wrong. Um, and so systems engineering is a systematic way of building very complex things. Um, and so testing components, testing pieces along the way is really critical to the development path for, uh, for large-scale quantum computers. Um, so, you know, a quantum computer uh, at scale is, is one of the most complex things that humanity has ever built. You know, it's much more like, um, uh, like mission control in NASA or something like that, right? It's, it's not like a small um, uh, a toy, it's something really huge. Um, and so I think this approach is absolutely essential to, to success in this field. Now, your list of impressors is truly impressive. How much have you raised so far and where are you in your financing rounds? Uh, yes, yeah, so we've got some great investors. Um, early in the journey for uh, building River Lane, I met with Herman Hauser. Uh, so he was um, uh, one of the uh, founders of Acorn Computing that then span out uh, ARM uh, and has had a hugely successful career um, uh, in technology and, and deep tech. Um, so, yeah, it's great to have people like Herman Hauser and his um, venture capital fund, uh, Amadeus, on board. Um, our latest investors um, uh, from, from the last round are Molten Ventures, and again, they are really great deep tech investors. Um, so, so far, we've raised $25 million um, over two rounds. Um, the um, I think there's more to come, but... Um, yeah, yet to announce. <laughs> Thank you very much. Now you're uniquely interesting. So during my 2021 Global Quantum IP research, I noticed that you were named inventor on a number of your company's patent applications in multiple countries. And many technical founders, as they evolve, they tend to bring in an experienced business leader as CEO so that they can focus on their technical responsibilities. And you've chosen to remain CEO. So how has this decision benefited, Riverly? Uh, yeah, great question. Um, I think it's really important that the strategic direction of the company is grounded in um, what is technically possible. Um, and that you know, a lot of my job is to to project and explain the, the vision for the technology. Um, and I'm able to do that because I've got a, a grounding in, um, in, in quantum computing over many years. Um, and I can engage really closely with the team in terms of you know, what, what we're building and, and why. And then perhaps the, the final point would be that, you know, a lot of um, the success of Riverlane has been our ability to recruit the the very best, right? Not just the good, but like the top people in quantum error correction. Um, so for example, we re recently recruited Earl Campbell. So he has you know, uh, similarly been in, in quantum for the last 20 years, you know, was at AWS and is really one of the, the best people uh, in the world on, on quantum error correction. Um, our chief science officer is Jake Taylor. So he, um, he was at the White House for many years, helped write the uh, US strategy on quantum computing. Um, so I think a lot of my job is helping to recruit the top people and you can do that with if you have the credibility in the space. So I think that's why I'm 
and I, I think maybe the last reason is I just enjoying it too much. <laughs> so, so I wouldn't change the uh, roles for for anything. And how much of your business is driven by government work versus commercial? Um, I think it's a mix. Um, I mean, governments are acting as early adopters in quantum. Um, and so that transition from between government and enterprise is, is somewhat blurred. Um, I mean, a lot of the enterprise companies are also engaged in quantum because of the same reasons as companies that they want to understand the technology, understand the roadmap and um, get a, a good sense of where quantum is at. Um, so we work with government and enterprise um, largely we we focus on on quality of engagement so we want to work with people who um, have a meaningful say uh, uh, direction in quantum and um, uh, are trying to uh, really progress the field forward with us like in a, in a partnership now patent law is national patents are governed by federal laws so I'm curious about um, the fact that you're seeking protection of your inventions in many different countries. This potentially signals the direction of the next phase of growth for Riverly. Where are you planning to expand next? Where are you opening new offices? Uh, yeah, I, th I mean, quantum is a global opportunity and uh, you know, it's a global challenge to build a quantum computer. So that's why um, we are uh, positioning our IP internationally. Um, in terms of expansion, we are um, currently building out the team in the US. So most of the company is based here in Cambridge and we're now expanding into the US um, uh, in Boston and in California. Uh, I think next up uh, is Europe, but we haven't yet decided uh, where would be the, the most obvious place to go. Um, there are other key areas like uh, Japan and, and South Korea that uh, we're also looking at that haven't yet decided um, how best to, to do that. I know this activity of your patent applications in China and Korea. So is China uh, a market that you're exploring for future growth? Uh, we certainly get interest from uh, the large, the big tech companies in China to use our technology um, we don't yet have a, any firm partnerships with with any Chinese companies, so that's still be to be determined. Now let's briefly discuss the patents where the patent applications where you are named inventor. Uh, please share the significance of these innovations, specifically what uh, the first was titled a method of determining a state energy, and the second was simultaneous measurement of commuting operators. Why are these inventions important? Uh, yeah, sure, they sound super technical. Uh, so yeah, let me explain. So um, firstly, the bigger picture. Um, so quantum computers are essentially controllable quantum systems. Um, that's really important because um, we have a, an, a, a, an amazing model of the world of the world of the microscopic systems, so systems of atoms and proteins and, and materials and so on. Um, and that model is called quantum mechanics. 
the challenge is to solve these equations. Right? So the equations that quantum mechanics, um, uh, the, the equations of quantum mechanics are so complex that we can't solve them with classical, traditional classical computers. Um, but quantum computers are really great at solving quantum mechanics. And, and that's why they have such a big impact in areas like um, pharmaceuticals or um, uh, catalysis or materials and so on. Um, and so what these two inventions are about is getting more, um, is, is, is reducing the time it takes to build a useful quantum computer. So they are focused on using the quantum computer to solve quantum mechanics, but in a more efficient way. Um, so for example, simultaneous measurements, that's really a fancy way of saying, um, reading out more data from your quantum computer with the same amount of effort. Right? So, so that's the idea of um, mo most of our innovation is around um, reducing the cost of the first useful quantum computer. And these are two examples. Thank you. Now, have you formed any strategic partnerships to accelerate your commercialization strategy? Uh, yes, so with all of the hardware companies, these are strategic um, partnerships. Um, so we um, license our technology to the hardware companies, so companies such as uh, Seek or um, Oxford Ionics or Regetti and so on, um, uh, in order to help accelerate the commercialization of that technology. Let's discuss sustainability and climate change because these topics are increasingly important to stakeholders across the globe. And what I wanted to uh, hear from you, because one, just from our previous discussion, from our previous engagements, it appears to me that climate change is an, or sustainability is an enterprise level pri priority to Riverlink. Is that correct? Am I correctly? Is that a correct assumption? Yes, that's right. I mean, um, I think I think every company now needs to put sustainability right at their core. I mean, that's part of how you attract and retain great talent. It's also now a big bit of the investment thesis for you know even some of the most capitalists of uh, investors like uh, BlackRock. You know, will put uh, sustainability as and, and purpose as as really central. Um, I mean, our purpose as a company is to um, is to accelerate the progress of, of quantum computing, and because quantum computers will impact um, in such a positive way uh, the the sustainability and climate change goals, um, I, that's why you know it's, it it this is really central to to Riverlane. So the you know, quantum computers are tools that help us develop better materials that um, we could use to um, search for more efficient catalysts, um, for example, to produce um, hydrogen. Um, so it's it's a tool. I mean, it's not, a, it's not the solution to, to climate change in any way. I don't want to suggest that. But um, it, it, it's a really new and impactful tool. Um, and, and so it's very much central to why uh, why I founded Riverlane, you know, it's one of the big challenges. Um, solving quantum mechanics is like the most, it, it is gonna have a massive societal 
impact. Um, I think the perhaps just sort of an, an analogy, you know, in um, uh, in, in classical physics. So we, so if you think of a, an, a, an industry like aerospace, uh, so in, in aerospace we design aeroplanes. Right? We don't discover aeroplanes. We don't discover. We discovered flight like a long time ago, and now we design aeroplanes. And the reason we're able to do that is because we have a model of the physics, the airflow uh, over uh, over a wing, like computational fluid dynamics. And we have the ability to solve those equations. So our classical computers we have today can solve these equations. And so those two things together mean that we can use simulation and modeling to design new products in aerospace. But if you look at areas like um, pharmaceuticals or uh, materials or catalysis, um, these are all still areas where we discover things through trial and error, through uh, laborious uh, lab tests. So we build a, a wet lab to, to test a new uh, protein and, and its interaction with a potential candidate drug. And so what quantum computers enable us to do is replace that with simulation, with computer simulation for the first time ever. And, and so that will have a massive impact in, in, uh, well, in drug discovery, but also in, in climate change. Now, have you established any sustainability targets for Rivoline? And if yes, how will you measure success? Uh, yeah, so we're a relatively small company right now. So we're um, 65 people. Um, so uh, we, we don't have a very formal policy. I mean, we, um, we do the basic things like um, recycle our waste and we have a, um, a lot of uh, community engagement in the local area, um, mostly in, in Cambridge. Um, but now is really the time for us to start formalizing these things. And um, so, for example, we hired a, a chief marketing officer who ran the sustainability and impact for um, one of the world's largest companies. Um, and we're hiring for a, a head of people, you know, and sort of diversity and inclusion is going to be a key bit of that role. And then our CFO will be responsible for um, for for um, uh, net zero targets. So, sort of the next stage for for River Lane will be about formalizing those things. So, you've just mentioned you have sixty five employees. Yes. So, how many more do you plan to hire this year? Uh, yeah, so we are planning to approximately double in size, so we'll grow to about 120, 140 people over the next year. Uh, and this will be um, in Cambridge in the UK, so we're attracting people from all around the world to come and work here in Cambridge. Um, of the 60 people, I think we have almost 30 different nationalities now, which is really brilliant. Um, and then also hiring more in the US, so in Boston and in, in California. And what can we expect from Riverlane by the end of this year? Do you have any big bets or big targets that you're hoping to accomplish? Uh, yes, so we are um, working on error correction and we're uh, building up to a really big demo um, that I'm very excited to be able to share more information about later in the year. Um, so one of the big challenges in building a large-scale quantum computer is being able to process 
all of the data that comes out of the, the qubits fast enough, right? literally just to keep up with the quantum computer. Um, and so we're going to be showing um, a big technical breakthrough in our ability to do that um, uh, over this coming year. So tell us about Delta Flow and how you chose the name. Uh, yes, yeah, so um, the, it, it actually comes from uh, data flow. Um, so um, the flow of information through uh, from the qubits through the control system and then up to the decoder and back to the control system, um, that uh, cycle is the cycle of a quantum computer. That's the clock cycle. So you have to do this um, readout, decode, um, update, um, essentially every for every operation on the quantum computer. So, so that sort of defining uh, clock speed of the quantum computer is all about the flow of information around the system. So data flow, and then of course, River Lane, well, Delta uh, was a, 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 a symbol that's used in quantum mechanics. It linked with the company name. So yeah, it all fit together. What is your exit strategy? Is it an IPO or do you hope to be acquired in the future? Uh, yes, so we want to remain an independent company um, and certainly uh, a listing on the public markets is something that we have planned over the next few years. Are you planning to list in the US, Europe, Hong Kong? Um, I yeah, don't know yet <laughs> to, to be determined. Um, I mean, it, the, the key thing is that um, uh, we're solving a, a common problem across the uh, quantum computing industry. Um, every quantum computer needs to be able to solve error correction. Um, we're developing a system that helps hardware companies to do that. Um, and um, you know, I think that's a, a really exciting proposition for, for an investor base. Well, given all the SPAC deals, related activities going on um, recently. Have you been approached by SPACs? And are you, is that one way you're exploring as it relates to going public? Um, I, I think, yeah, I think the important thing is what is the investor base that you, you build up and whatever the mechanism is, the key thing is that you um, have uh, people who are gonna back you for the long term, then you're aligning um, your, your investors with the, uh, expectations with the company's journey, right? And so, um, you know, this quantum is not a space to get a, you know, two X return in three years time. It's, it's very much the opportunity for a 10, hundred X return over the next five to 10 years. Um, so, so that, that, uh, means that you're interested in, in part that I'm interested in partnering with a certain type of investor. And certainly there are people out there who, who want to do that. So based on your investor base, are you planning an IPO by 2025? Uh, we haven't set a timeline yet. So let's transition a bit. As an African scientist, I don't see many other black female scientists like me in quantum. What are your thoughts on the general lack of diversity in quantum? Yeah, I think you're right to um, call out uh, diversity as a key issue in, in quantum. I think it's 
similar to the tech industry at large. Um, uh, and, you know, I think uh, it's a really important issue that we are able to attract um, people from all different, uh, both race and socioeconomic um, and uh, gender um, backgrounds. I mean, at, at River Lane, I think we've done well on the on the gender front. Like we have uh, three out of the eight board members are female. Um, our chief operations officer and our chief products officer uh, are both female. So on the exec team, we have good representation. Uh, in the company, we're sort of thirty to forty percent uh, female and have a lot of in, uh, sort of international representation. Um, but we don't have any. Um, uh, African Americans. So, um, like, I think that's uh, something where we want to continue to improve on, um, and it's definitely something that's um, at a company level. You know, creating that um, the the pipeline of of recruitment, so making sure that's super strong. Um, you know, we can do some things around um, making sort of attracting people. Um, to apply for jobs, so publicity and talking about um, uh, quantum in, in the right spaces. I think that's that's sort of obvious things to do. Um, but yeah, so I think I think you're right. It's an issue in in tech, in in quantum, uh, in general. Very good, thank you. Now, entrepreneurship is really hard work. How do you stay centered and focused and disciplined? Um, yeah, so I think the most important thing is simplification, and that's um, I think one of the key kind of recruitment uh, criteria is like, can you simplify a problem? Because um, in especially in quantum, you know, it's a new field. There are loads of things that we could do, but we have to focus, and our focus is really our advantage over big tech companies. I mean, Google and IBM. They're, they're, they're operating in quantum, they've got huge amounts of money. Um, so, but the reason we're going to win is because we're focused on the, the key challenge. Like the whole company is betting on this. Um, and so, you know, I, th I think of that it, it's really important to um, drive towards, um, you know, what is the key problem to solve? How do we measure progress in solving that? Um, and then getting people excited around that progress. Like that's sort of the, for me, like the central uh, role of entrepreneurship in a, in a new sector like quantum. What has been the most challenging part of your job so far? Uh, probably that it changes like every three months. <laughs> so I think I figured out my job and then three months goes by and I'm like, oh, I've got so these are whole other things to do, right? New challenges. Um, so it's great fun. Um, it was pretty relentless over the last five years. <laughs> so what do you do for fun in your personal time? How do you relax and unwind? Uh, so I have a six-year-old son who keeps me very busy at the weekends. Um, he's big into to soccer, football. Um, so we are often uh, in the nearby villages uh, playing um, yeah, local games um uh so yeah really really family uh, is, is kind of what helps me wind down and, and think about something else will you have any big announcements in the coming months 
and can you share one today? Um, I have nothing to share today. Um, we are going to be hiring more top people in, in error correction. Um, we uh, are going to be sharing some of the, the big um, roadmap towards our announcement at the end of the year. So that's what we're really building up to. Um, so kind of more on uh, what it means to make progress in quantum error correction. Steve, thank you so very much for joining me today. It's truly been a pleasure. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Lovely to talk to you.